welcoming back the NBA uh, Roundtable podcast. Glad to have my guys, Tyler Seleni and Jordan Lindacker back in the building to record a draft pod, you know, talking about some of our guys, some of the guys we're you know, a little bit nervous on, deliver some hot takes, all that good stuff. So we're going to start with Jordan. Uh, first question is, you know, pick your five guys, the guys that you feel confident are going to be good in this league and going to play for a while. So uh, I'm going to get into my favorite guy a little bit later on because I kind of got a hot take about a couple of guys. But I want to start with uh, one guy in the lotto who I just haven't really heard much about. Uh, Moses Moody um, out of Arkansas, 6'6", 205. Um, had a really solid freshman year, uh, 43, 36, 81 splits. Um, so he uh, can shoot the ball. Um, he actually uh, averaged 17 points, uh, let's see, six boards, and then he had two assists. Um a block and a steal, a little bit of rounding up there, but it um, still very pr um, prolific numbers for a, a freshman. Um, I'd consider looking at him as early as the sixth pick, um, it, which Oklahoma City currently has. Um, and I just don't really hear much talk about him at all. Seems like he kind of slots in somewhere between maybe like eight and 12 or kind of the back half lottery. Um, but I'm in on him. I, I think he's going to have a, uh, a good NBA career. I think he can be a three and uh, D kind of, wing guy if he is able to maybe add another inch or two to the frame he's got a um, good wingspan as well um hit on a couple other guys um these are all outside of lotto um honestly if i'm looking for a plug and play guy a lot of people are looking at um chris duarte i, I like jeremiah robinson or a lot of villanova um i think his three-point shot is really going to dictate what he can do in the league he only shot at 28 percent this past season um, but if you just look at guys from Villanova, I'm just going to go back to like the basic um, Bill Simmons analysis. Like when was the last time someone from Villanova came into the league and failed? Like everyone from Villanova that comes into the league generally provides um, some value from their draft slot. Um, I think he's a good bet to have a double digit um, year career in the NBA. Um, I'm also in on the uh, youngest guy in the draft, Josh Primo out of Alabama, 6'6", 190. Um, actually, I think he was only a week um, he was a week old um, in terms of being able to clear the uh, the age restriction for the draft. He was born like December of 2002. Um, so if he was born in 03, I don't think he would have been eligible. It was like a week or 10 days. Um, so youngest guy in the draft um, didn't really get to shine too much at Alabama. So not really much to talk about with his stats. Um, I mean, they had a very good team, but he played behind a lot of guys um, this season. Um, really did turn some heads though at the, uh, at the combine and some of the pre-draft workouts and processes. Um, I do think um, going back to um, about him being so young, I think he has a chance to continue to grow even more into that body. And he's already got a pretty impressive wingspan to go with, with the height there. So I think he'll be a, a good defender and maybe even slot in as like a combo, you know, two, three. Um, I also like, uh, I got Trey Murphy um, from Virginia on here. Um, Great shooter. He had a 50-40-90 season this past season. Um, not too often you see that in college. Um, I, I think he does need to end up in the right position and that I, I don't like what he's going to be able to do, you know, with the ball in his hands, kind of attacking off the dribble and, and beating guys. But I think as a spot-up shooter and, you know, getting open off screens, um, I think there's a lot to like there. And I, I think he's got some length to be a plus defender as well in the NBA. Um I've heard some comps of Cam Johnson and, and he's got a little bit of Joe Harris to his game too. I think um, a little taller version of him. Uh, um, last guy I'm in on, he's, he's a little bit later, may end up going in the second round. I've got Kessler Edwards from Pepperdine um, who you guys probably have, you know, barely even heard of Pepperdine. You think of 
the West Coast Conference, everyone thinks of Gonzaga and maybe St. Mary's. Pepperdine has been awful for a long time, but um, Edwards um, put up uh, shooting splits of 49, 38, and 88 this season, so he wasn't far from the 50, 40, 90 club, and 17.7 boards and an assist, a block, and a steal. So you would like to see him improve his assists a little bit, but um, yeah, again, he's got the build at 6'8", 200, prototypical 3 and D guy. Um, you know, I think he can slot into the um, league pretty well, and I think he's going to be playing with um, much better teammates than he had at Pepperdine. So I think that could, uh, you know, really help him elevate his game. Cool. Just to review, just name your five guys real quick, and then we'll go on to Tyler. Yeah, yeah. So I've got Moses Moody in the uh, lottery, Jeremiah Earl, Josh Prem, Trey Murphy, and Kessler Edwards. Those are my five. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Lenny? All right. So, for my one lottery guy that, that I want to mention, it's got to be Jalen Suggs. I mean, I just don't see how it's possible that this guy could fail. He's got he's got the ceiling to be, to be a star, like scoring guard, but he's also got the floor of being a guy who can keep the ball moving. He's going to be a pit bull on defense, and he's going to be a nightmare in the open for, uh, floor in transition. I, I just don't see how Jalen Suggs can, can fail. Um, other than that, um, I also got uh, Trey Murphy and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, a.k.a. future jazz rotation player. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, uh, other guys who, who I, don't, I don't see it failing are Chris Duarte. I mean, he's 6'6". He's a great defender, uh, a good passer. Uh, his efficiency uh, was off the charts at Oregon last year where he shot 63% on two-pointers and 42.5% from deep. He's got a variety of weapons from floaters, step-backs, to even pull-ups in the mid-range. Uh, and, and like I mentioned, his defense, he was all Pac-12 defensive team last season. So, I mean, it, it's very clear, despite his age uh, being kind of a red flag, but it's just uh, outside of the age, every other box gets checked with this guy. Um, other than that, uh, I, I've also got Miles McBride, uh, the guard from West Virginia. Although he's six foot two, he's got a six eight wingspan. He's probably the best on the ball de uh, defensive guard in the draft. He, he also uh, plays with, with really high intensity. He's an excellent offensive player who can create his own shot. And he had uh, four four point eight to one point eight assist to turnover ratio ratio last year at West Virginia. He shot forty one and a half percent from deep and made a ton of clutch shots. And then uh, my last one. Uh, that I, I really loved as far back uh, as like midseason, where I really uh, got turned on to Cam Thomas at LSU. He led the SEC with uh, 23 points per game as a freshman. He's one of the best isolation scorers in the draft. Um, he also is really good at getting by his guy, getting to the line, uh, drawing fouls where he shot 88 over 88%. I feel like he's just a Lou Williams starter kit that's already half assembled. Gotcha. So for my guys, uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, Ford out of uh, Florida State University, uh, measured just under uh, 6'10", um, just ridiculous wingspan. Um, I actually think he's a much better athlete than people give him credit for. Um, just just a dynamic defensive presence, can guard. I think at the NBA level, he can guard, you know, three and four easily, and two and five, he can stretch and guard some of them. 
Um, and on switches, I think he's occasionally going to hold up against certain point guards too. So uh, just a really versatile player. Uh, plays really hard uh, by all accounts. Great character kid, um, great teammate. Um, and he's uh, just a, a jumbo initiator. Just finds guys on the break, comfortable handing them the ball. I think he's going to have to tighten it up a little bit more against uh, NBA defenders, but he's got a lot of value there. So I just don't see him failing. Uh, Jaden Springer. Um, I've watched now for the last three years. I uh, saw him play a, a, quite a bit in high school at IMG Academy. Um, footwork is phenomenal in, in the paint um, as far as, you know, jump stops, finishing, you know, pivoting, spinning, uh, ball fakes. Um, he just has a pro-ready game, and, you know, it's not a surprise his dad played professionally for, for quite some time. Um, good shooter. I think he's an underrated athlete, and he's definitely been working on that in his pre-draft workouts. So I like him a lot. Uh, my guy, Dayron Sharp, I will stand for him until the very end. Um, just plays incredibly hard, you know, good size, 6'11", strong frame. Um, the motor just doesn't stop. Um, and I think if he gets with the the right team, you know, with a bunch of shooters around him that, that need a guy to rebound the ball, set screens, roll hard to the rim. Um, I don't think his jump shot's broken. Um, there was a, a, a couple motions, a couple movements. I was watching some film of him the other day, came off of a curl uh, against Notre Dame. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was a touch shot, you know, within six to eight feet of the rim, just pulled up and shot it like a regular jumper, perfect swish. So, I mean, I have, I have faith that the jump shot will eventually get to a respectable level uh, from 15 to 18 feet. I don't think he's ever going to stretch the floor, um, but I do like him quite a bit. Uh, Josh Giddy. Um, Six eight, uh, you know, point forward, I guess you could say, uh, out of Australia in the NBL. Um, put up decent numbers. The turnovers were a little bit concerning, you know, average a little over three there. Uh, just under 11 points a game, a steal, uh, half a block, uh, seven and a half assists, seven and a half rebounds. Um, just think that the floor is really high for him. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that distributes and finds guys pretty well. Some questions about his jump shot, but I, I don't really think those are a concern. Uh, Jericho Sims is my last one. Um, he was playing at Texas with with two other high level bigs um, in in Greg Brown and uh, Kai Jones. Um, three those three all almost played 600 minutes, so between 20 and 24 a game. So I think the opportunity, you know may not have been there so to speak but you know he performed pretty well in in those moments uh, his per 40 minutes numbers which i hate using unless you know the the role is you know really really small at least at the beginning of their career his per 40 minutes were uh, 15 points a game uh 12 rebounds a game and um he's just a hustle player just gets up and down the floor block shots rebounds the ball at a high level um i see him having a pretty uh long nba career um, also did like Josh Primo a, a lot and Trey Murphy. Um, so I, th I think those two are going to be successful as well. So next question is going to be, you know, naming a guy that you'd be nervous drafting. Uh, Jordan, take it away. So, yeah, for this one, um, these are guys I'm nervous drafting kind of at the spots I'm seeing them go in mock drafts. Uh, you know, if they happen to fall five or 10 spots below that, sure, it, you know, the risk might be worth it at that point. But I can't get on board with Franz Wagner in the top 10. Um, I think, you know, late, late lotto, um, I could maybe swing that, but I, I'd rather have Jonathan Kaminga any day of the week, um, you know, just to name one kind of similar position player. Um, Lord. I, I just, I, I don't see um, the, the upside with Franz Wagner. I, I think he's going to have a pretty decent NBA career. Um, you know, I think he'll make it out of his rookie contract um, and, and stick around in the league for a while. And he will be 
um, a successful player in the league. I don't know if he'll ever be like a full-time starter, but he'll provide value off the bench. Um, but I just don't think that's what you're going for in the top 10. When you're going um, for a pick in the top 10, you're uh, you're swinging for the fences. Um, and I just don't think Franz Wagner is a home run pick. Um, kind of in that vein, a little bit further down, um, these guys had age issues. Um, yeah, so continuing on a little lower down the lotto, a um, couple guys I'm out on at that spot, uh, Corey Kispert and Chris Duarte. For Corey Kispert, I saw him mock to the Pacers at 13 earlier today, and I just think, um, you know, why would you waste the 13th pick on a Doug McDermott replacement um, when you could go sign somebody like that in free agency for three or four million dollars? Um, I just, I, I think there's major age issues with both of them. Uh, Duarte is, I think, if he's not 24 already, he'll be 24 when the season starts. Um, and Kispert, I think, is 22, pushing 23 when the season starts as well. Um, the track record of those guys succeeding um, as as lotto picks is not very good. If you're if you're 22 and over, um, the last 10 years, um, there's virtually no success stories there. With jury still out on Obi Toppin with the Knicks last season, um, but yeah, I, I do like Chris Duarte for what he is. Um, I think he's going to come into the league and and be a very very good rotation player um, right off the bat. Maybe kind of like Desmond Bain was last year in Memphis. Um, you know, playing, playing and filling a similar role. Um, but for me, just this is more team building and draft. When I'm looking at a lot of not touching those guys, I don't think I would touch either of them in the top 20, to be honest. All right. So, you know, I have a couple of names for this, uh, but, you know, the one that, that Seleni does not have a, a 10 minute spiel on is uh, Isaiah Todd. Um, I think oh, I do. I think he's uh he's just under six eleven. Um, I just question what he does at an NBA level. Um, a lot of people buy the jump shot. I'm not really one of them. Um, I think he leans on it way too much. Attempts a, a ton of, you know, mid post fadeaways that I'm not a fan of. Um, I don't think he uses his athleticism properly. Um, you know, he moves pretty well for a big his size. He can switch a little bit on screens, which I like. Um, but I just don't like the IQ. Um, didn't really like his attitude when I saw him play live uh, a couple times in AU um, and in high school. Um, I just would be real nervous drafting him, you know, top 15, which is you know, a couple boards I've seen him actually had, top, had him top 10. Um, and, you know, as the, as the first big coming off the board. Um, so, so he kind of frightens me a little bit. Josh, uh, Josh, Kuminga, Jonathan Kaminga is the other one for sure. I uh, just question what he does at a high level and what merits a, you know, top three, top five pick, depending on what board you look at. And Keon Johnson makes me nervous a little bit. Cause I think offensively, the main thing he brings is that mid range pull up. Um, the athleticism is there, but, um, I just wonder if, you know, the, the mid range pull up is going to be enough at the next level, uh, offensively. So Selena, go ahead and, and start your, uh, start your rant. All right. So first of all, I just want to mention Jonathan Kaminga because I'm going to elaborate more on him later for a separate question, but just know that his name under this section is noted next up Jalen Johnson. Sure. He looks great in transition when he can attack, like kind of off the bounce, he can spot some open teammates. He can finish at the rim. But all those half-court questions, man, they go on for days. His shooting outlook, I feel like, is kind of murky at best. His finishing is hindered by a desire to avoid contact. And then even his passing, which is probably his best skill, isn't always that great. As, uh, I think he trusts himself to make these, uh, make these plays that really aren't always there. And he gets into trouble with a lot of awful live ball turnovers. 
Um, I know you touched on Keon Johnson, but just to expand on that, like I, I get that all that leaping uh, ability, like for me, it, it doesn't really show up on tape. Like I acknowledge that he has like this wild athletic skill, but there's been a ton of those dudes who haven't panned out in the league because I mean, his measurables aren't really great where he's like under six, five in shoes, like his wingspan is like six, seven. Uh, but, but for a wing whose skill level is kind of murky, uh, that explosive leaping ability, like, I mean, he, he graded in the, in the 17th percent percentile in transition. And I just questioned whether or not he knows how to really use that athleticism. Next is uh, Davian Mitchell. And my real beef with him, because while I do like his defense, uh, it's kind of back, it goes back to a point that Jordan kind of alluded at, which I got some, some numbers on. But this is since the 2011 draft. There, uh, these are the dudes who were drafted in the top 10 that were 22 years old or higher. That includes Jimmer Fredette, Willie Cauley-Stein, Frank Kaminsky, Chris Dunn, Buddy Heald, Michael Bridges, and Obi Toppin. Also, uh, uh, Buddy Heald is the only one in that group that's older than Mitchell. And uh, I, I think that he will be a good role player, but you don't grab role players in the top 10 hmm. next up on my hit list sharif cooper i do not understand the hype oh nah oh nah oh yeah go ahead go on ahead. the surface i get it he looks super intriguing like if you just look at those numbers i mean i know he only played in 12 games at auburn due to that season ending ankle injury and his statistics they definitely catch your eye at first when you see those 20 points eight assists per game and he had um five games of double digit free throw attempts like i get it that's cool but his efficiency was terrible. He shot 39% from the field and less than 23% from three. And I get like, although he does, ha he did shoot like 82% from the line. So that's a sign that maybe things could improve, but also he's undersized at six one. And I think he's going to have trouble holding up defensively. Uh, next Isaiah Todd uh, for an ignite team down in the D league where that, that they lack size. And he, he still, he would mostly just hang around the perimeter, which really makes me question his basketball IQ. Um, he, the dude had less than five rebounds per game, despite being six foot 10. And he only had like 0.7 blocks. That's yikes. This dude needs to bulk up so that he's less afraid to go inside instead of settling for uh, contested mid-range jumpers. I feel like his best case is becoming Channing Fry. So I'll pass. <laughs> and finally, I know Aaron, this one's going to hurt. Zaire Williams, I, I don't tell me about how good of a shooter he was at high school, man. When you watch this tape on this dude at Stanford, he was terrible. I mean, Duan Coleman looked great in high school. Joe Girard is the all-time point scorer for New York State. Don't talk to me about high school. I don't care what they did in high school, man. If you can't do it at the next level, why are you going to all of a sudden be able to turn it on at an even higher level? I just don't see it. So I'll let you nitpick it from there, but that, that's my take. Well, first off, his foot injury had a lot to do with that. Oh, oh struggled okay. throughout the year with with the guys around him. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Sharif on Cooper is, is the biggest uh, issue I have. I mean, it. I guess I, I'm a bit more reserved if you're taking him. Definitely, if you're taking him top ten, top fifteen is kind of borderline. If if you're taking him in the twenties, I mean, he's 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 going to get up and down. He's going to find guys. He's going to make guys better. He's going to draw a lot of, you know, defensive um, attention. Um, the, the shooting questions are, are legitimate. Uh, I think he takes some bad shots at times, but I mean, 
he's just a game breaker. Um, just really, really hard to guard, hard to stay in front of. I, th- I think just those, you know, presenting matchup problems at the NBA level is good. And, you know, he's a problem matchup problem offensively, but yeah, he is a matchup issue defensively uh, in the league. I kind of question how he's going to do guarding guys. It's probably not going to go well, but he's going to uh, get hunted offensively though. I mean, depending on, on what system he ends up in and, you know, who's around him, if he's got a bunch of shooters and stuff like that, um, I think he's pretty dynamic in, in transition. So we're going to move on from that. So uh, a guy that we believe can succeed regardless of where he goes, go ahead and start off Jordan. Anytime you, uh, you have a guy with a nickname bones, uh, I'm on board with that. Uh, Nashawn Highland uh, also helps that, uh, our, uh, our favorite NBA analyst, Rashad Phillips, is, is very high on this man. Um, oh, I, so he's definitely I just think that shooting... <laughs> well, well, he's also high on Cam Thomas, too. So. <laughs> um, is it really? I, I think yeah. shooting, shooting translates across any language, you know, any, any team. Um, you got to put the ball in the bucket. Um, and I think you can uh, – that Bones is, is both a ball player and a hooper. Um and uh, back, back to my main point, um, shooting levels, he was like 43% from three last year, 37, 38% the year before. Um, you're likely looking at this guy in the 20s. I haven't seen him um, above 20 in any sort of mock. So he's going to be most likely going to a team in the 20s that, um, you know, was a playoff team, has a decent culture there where they're not going to ask him to step in and, be, you know, be something he's not too soon. Um, so I, I think Bones – uh, is going to travel. Um, I, I think he'd be be good in any spot, you know, even though he is going to slot in the 20s. Um, again, shooting travels, it's that simple. So, Lenny? Yeah, so just, just a couple of quick ones here. Guys, uh, I think will be successful anywhere they go. Franz Wagner, I mean, he, his NBA appeal is pretty clear, especially if you believe his shooting will improve. I mean, he, he shot um, 83.5% uh, at the free throw line, so that's probably a good gamble to take because he – Still shot 32.5% from three, but I, I think that that could go up. He's six foot nine. He can handle, he can distribute, he can uh, go blow by closeouts, he can defend multiple positions. I mean, th- his only problem is he doesn't have a standout skill, but still, all the other skills he does have, like they're, they're all like decent enough that he might not be a star, but I, I think that no matter where he goes, a team will be able to utilize because there's so much that he can bring at, at least an average level that he's going to stick around. Um, and then I already mentioned a, a lot about Chris Duarte earlier, but for all the same reasons where his, like Jordan said, the shooting translates, I think his will and also his defensive abilities. Like he's another one that, that I see being able to fit pretty much anywhere he goes and is really ideal on a playoff team. Got you. So, um, I mean, mine, I, th- I think my top guy is, is either, you know, Springer or, or Jared Butler. Um, I think, you know, for, through everything I mentioned earlier, Springer's just a solid guy. I think he can play on or off the ball. Um, he can defend at a pretty high level. Um, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be successful. He moves pretty well without it and he can play with star players. You know, his, his team in high school was, was absolutely unbelievably stacked. You know, even at Tennessee, you know, he's playing with Keon Johnson. He's playing with, um, Svee Pond, um, you know, he's he's always played with talent around him. He's always played, you know, performed pretty well. So I, I like him. Jared Butler's just solid. You know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, make shots. Um, you know, he's an older guy, so he just kind of gets it. I think he can step in and be pretty uh, ready, you know, NBA ready. You know, not maybe not from the jump, but pretty early on in his career. Uh, Wagner, 
I think just can kind of fill, you know, a, a couple different roles. He can play off the ball. Uh, he's a high level passer. I think he's actually a good defender um, as well. I don't really have the defensive, you know, questions about him at, at the league. I think he guards pretty well and he's a high IQ guy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think those are those are my guys for that question. So uh, on top of, you know, Cam, um, Cam Thomas, you know, Selene spoke about him a little bit. Like his worst game, uh, he put up 16 points and four rebounds off of five of 11 shooting. Um, he was 0 for 3 from 3, but, I mean, that's not a major thing. Um, I just – he's just a bucket. You know, the, the EYBL is all-time leading scorer. Um, I'm pretty sure he's also Oak Hill's all-time leading scorer as well. Uh, just a walking bucket. So I think that that's going to continue at the next level. Um, yeah, but Richard Phillips liking him is it's making me uh, kind of second guess things now. Oh man, we got we got to spend more time on you. Yeah. We'll talk soon. <laughs> well, we'll probably talk later on that one. Uh, a guy in which uh, let's talk about a guy in which his fit is the most important. You know, the team that he gets drafted to. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to kind of piggyback off um, some of the guys that you guys don't like, some of these G League guys. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, um, I got Jalen Johnson on this list as well. Um, kind of just toolsy wings in general. I could go back and rebut a little bit on some of the Zaire Williams points um, from earlier, but I just going back into um, one of my philosophies is just that wing is one of the most difficult positions, um, you know, to come into the NBA and succeed at from the very beginning, unless you and and not just the not having the athleticism to succeed. Um, I think guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who got taken later in the lottery, you know, the three top five men and be that number option for their team um and I, I think that you know helped them tremendously with their growth um so i think um you know you have those guys that i just listed where the, the fit is going to be most important like if the spurs take a flyer on jalen johnson at 12 like i'm going to be intrigued I, um you know i i think there's potential there i'll believe in you know popovich's track record of of developing players and getting the best out of them. Whereas, you know, if Jalen Johnson goes to the Kings at nine, I will write his career off before the first round of the draft is over. Um, so uh, that's just a pretty, pretty clear um, example for me. The same, the same with Kuminga and some of the other tools he wings. I mean, I, I don't hate Isaiah Todd nearly as much as you guys. I, I, I see a lot of the, uh, you know, same questions and issues that you guys have discussed about some of these G League guys, you know, you didn't see, the NBA translatable skills, you know, what I, I would say in, in rebuttal to that is that um, I, I, I think the the level of talent in the G League, if you would have put those guys in college this year, you might have had a completely different opinion and viewpoint of them because I think the G League was some pretty high level basketball. You're playing with a lot against a lot of NBA veterans. So I just think it's curious, um, you know, just to juxtapose those two things against each other. Like if, you know, you'd have switched Jonathan Kaminga and Zaire Williams this year, you know, how different you know, would we view both of those players? Um, so, yeah, that's, I, I think those guys, you know, they have all the tools in the world. It's just about getting to the right team that's going to, uh, you know, challenge them um, mainly with just the mental aspect, like especially with Jalen Johnson, just the, the mental aspect of being held accountable and being, you know, forced to push and, and strive for things because <laughs> it clearly hasn't worked throughout much of his uh, earlier career, um, you know, with some of the uh, – well-documented issues he's had kind of on and off the court. So 
um, yeah, those are my guys that that I think uh, I think they've got all, all the, the the chance in the world, but it's it's got to be the right fit. Salani. Yeah. So before I answer this real quick, I just want to point out that like I mean Jordan makes an excellent point that in the G League the talent is a lot better than it is in college. It's basically like if you took all the great the best players at college, gave them a couple of years of seasoning then that's where they're at. So I, I get where he's coming from with that. But at the same time, when I think about it, I'm like, these are guys who aren't even on an NBA roster, let alone good enough to be in an NBA rotation. And if I'm drafting these guys and I'm throwing them into my NBA rotation, man, they got to be able to show me something. So like, like that's where, where I get, but that's just more to be continued uh, in the following question on Kaminga. But for this one about the guy that's fit is the most important uh, it, it pains me to say this because I really love this dude as a prospect, but Scotty Barnes, man, I mean, he, I think, really needs a team full of shooters and, and like high IQ players around him uh, as he develops because, I mean, he, he his offensive shot, like his offensive game and especially his shot is going to take a little bit of time to kind of get there. And in the meantime, uh, you know, he, he needs to like, excel at something while he's on the floor and that's going to be like kind of his passing but if you got like a bunch of guys who can't shoot like they have over there in uh orlando or, or guys who just we're not even sure if they're nba players like we got over in oklahoma city uh i think that that's where like teams can kind of just play back off of him and dare him to shoot and that's where he could kind of become a liability and i think that that'll kind of stagnate his uh development and could even negatively impact the ceiling so as much as I do love his all around game, like those two teams that are like kind of his most likely to go to, um, I, I could see how it could lead to some problems, you know, as much as I love them. Gotcha. So mine, uh, I, I got three guys. So Io Desumu, um, I think at the college level, he shot it really well. Um, at least his, his, his last year there at Illinois uh, shot just under 50% from, uh, from the floor. Uh, just under 40% from three, uh, 78% from the line. Effective field goal percentage, 50, almost 53. Um, those are those are good shooting numbers. Um, I I question, you know, what those numbers are going to look like when the volume isn't there, um, because you know he was he was the man at Illinois offensively. He played with Corbello and kind of shared the rock with him from time to time, but Curbelo wasn't getting up the, the same amount of shot attempts. You know, I was getting up a little under 16 a game. Um, I just wonder if that efficiency is going to stick, um, you know, once once the, the volume goes way down. And I, I definitely don't think he's going to be starting his first year. Um, so that that's that's what I have on I.O. He, he reminds me a lot of uh, Tyreek Evans, um, you know, good, solid NBA player, but not someone you want to draft, you know, early in the first. So. Uh, Moses Moody is another one. Um, I just think it's going to take some seasoning. You know, he's a young guy. It's going to take some time for him uh, to get going in the league. Uh, the jump shot was pretty good, but it was streaky at times. Um, so, I mean, I think the, the team's going to have to be patient with him. Uh, his, his tournament performance was was pretty miserable. Um, and, you know, at the college level, you can survive stuff like that. But the NBA level, fans start to blame things on you and narratives get formed. And I just hope that he lands in the right spot you know, to have a productive career. And the last one is similar to Seleni as far as, you know, I, I really like this prospect and, you know, it kind of pains me to say it, but like Kai Jones, um, just uber athletic uh, wing slash board out of, out of Texas, um, can shoot it, 
uh, pretty well, pretty solid form, uh, gets to the rim and finishes. Um, I think defensively, uh, he's going to have some struggles with rotations, you know, knowing where to be. Um, and I don't know what his health defense is going to be like early on. Uh, you know, an, an energy player, you know, he's going to be able to block some shots, you know, primarily like man on man, like who he's guarding. But I wonder if that outside defense is going to be there, you know, much less shot blocking, just being in the right position. So I think he's going to take some time to be good as well. Let's move on to one of my favorite sections of, of draft pods, and that is the hottest draft take. So, Jordan, what, what do you got for me? I've got a couple of just player comparisons um, of guys that are, you know, probably 20 slot or on most draft boards that I like the guy ranked lower. So I would take Miles McBride over Davion Mitchell. Um, I've seen Davion mocked as high as seven to Golden State, and um, I think that's complete lunacy going back to the uh, guys 22 and older um, drafted in the lotto. There's – there's just a horrific track record of success there. Um, I see Miles going maybe late first round. Honestly, for me, on my own personal big board, per se, I'd have them both, you know, late teens, maybe around 20, you know, hovering just outside of the lotto. Um, my, uh, you guys have talked about it. I think both of you have mentioned about Miles McBride, um, that he's got a heck of a wingspan, 6'2", and height, uh, defensive-minded uh, guard for West Virginia. Um, it's easy to make the... Uh, the comparison to Javon Carter, because um, he had come through there, you know, a couple of years beforehand. Um, but he's, you know, Javon Carter on steroids. He's got so much more to his game offensively. Um, I don't know that he becomes a, you know, a full-time NBA starter, um, but I think he could definitely be, you know, a solid sixth, seventh man, um, you know, anchor a, a, a bench unit. And he could, you know, come in and maybe even play in closing lineups when you need a defensive stopper. Um, and I mean, I like Davion Mitchell's game, but I, I just think things kind of blew up. Like, what did what did he do before this season? Like, to me, it's a major red flag when you don't start dominating college competition until you're 21, 22 years old, going against 18 year olds. Like, congrats on capitalizing on your, you know, gigantic physical advantages. So that that scares me quite a bit. So I would take Miles over uh, Davion Mitchell. And I also take Josh Christopher over Cam Thomas. And I, I like Cam Thomas. Um, I, I agree with lots of what you guys said. Um, but I think his ceiling is the sixth man. Selene said, you know, he's a Lou Williams starter kit half assembled. Lou Williams is basically a sixth man. You know, all these guys, he's getting comparisons to Jamal Crawford, Jordan Clarkson, you know, all sixth men. Um, he can score. But what else can he bring to the table? That is my concern. Um, and that's what I think caps his ceiling as a sixth man i don't know that he can consistently crack a starting lineup until he proves that he can you know bring a little bit more to the floor than just being a microwave um and he's going to have defensive questions throughout his career um josh christopher i i think he just kind of he, he did underachieve a little bit you know in his time at arizona state but i i think he's um one of the biggest things with him i i think he has the uh just like the the prototypical um, body size you want in in a player that's going to be playing kind of that two three like smaller uh, wing position um, and I, I do think that uh, he can he can do a lot of things on offense um, I, I think his shot is is going to continue to improve and I, I I think he can do enough with the ball you know that he's you know not a, not a liability there um, he, he just brings a little bit more to the table to me um, than Cam Thomas does overall um, I think he brings a little bit more defensive upside. And um, also, he's um, his brother played in the NBA as well. Um, so he's, you know, he has a little bit of a family background there. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a tiebreaker. 
I do you know, mass, you have a parent or a sibling or whatever that's, you know, been through that before um, and can, you know, kind of, yeah, so I say, if I guess maybe my hottest draft take for, for last, um, I think when we look back at this draft five years from now that we're just going to wonder, um, you know, how Scotty Barnes didn't go in the top three. I, I think he has um, potential to be the best player in this draft. I'm completely on him. He's my number one player. Um, Troya and Selene have both touched on, you know, some of the uh, the attributes and things that he brings to the table. So I'm not going to, you know, completely repeat those. Um, but I think if you look at, you know, he did only shoot 27, 28% from three um, at Florida State this year. I think if you would have raised that to, you know, 34, 35%, somewhere around average, you know, showing a little bit more room for for growth and potential that we would be all in on him, you know, as, as a no doubt top three pick. Um, he just does so much um, in the game. He, he does struggle with, with the offensive aspect of things, but that's something that we've seen guys um, develop throughout their career. Um, to bring up is his offensive game is, is uh, not where it needs to be to succeed in the NBA. Um, he did shoot 27, 28% from three this season, but I think if you just um, bump that up to like 34, 35%, again, just for the sake of argument, you'd be looking at this guy – as a surefire shoe in top three pick. Um, and, and the numbers um, that he put up is pretty small sample size for that three point percentage. Um, I, I do think there's, um, there are some merit to the arguments about the offensive game. Um, but what really turned me on to, to Scotty Barnes in the first place, um, watching him throughout um, March Madness. And then I um, saw a tweet from David Thorpe um, at Coach Thorpe. If you don't uh, follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow for for basketball insight. Um, he basically compared Scotty Barnes to, to Kawhi Leonard coming out. Um, and I mean, people liked Kawhi, but nobody had him, you know, becoming, you know, a top three, five player in the league, you know, finals MVP in the running for league MVP and best player in the world. Um, that, that kind of came out of nowhere. He had a little bit more, um, you know, in his, in his bag coming out of San Diego state, but, um, to me, Scotty Barnes brings everything else to the table except offense. Um, and again, I, I don't think that offense is, is that far away. And I, I think he is the type of player um, that's been borne out by just effusive praise from his coaches and teammates. Um, like he is going to put in the work to get better. Um, he's already a, you know, a plus passer, a plus defender. He's the best shot of anybody in the draft to be able to guard one positions one through five um you know he's got the wingspan and the size and the athleticism like i just think scotty barnes um has has a ceiling um that honestly no other player in this draft you know has i i, I think his ceiling if he hits it um which again it's, it's a small needle to thread there but if he hits his absolute ceiling he's better than cade um you know i think he's probably better than Jalen Green. Jalen Green is the other guy I have the highest ceiling on in the draft. Um, so again, the, the chances are a little small there um, for him to hit his absolute peak, but I, I do think he is he is going to slot in as a top three player in this draft when we look back at him in a few years. So Jordan, if he hits his ceiling, will that mean that he's also a fun guy? Or <laughs> Board man gets paid. <laughs> He definitely did get paid. So Lenny, what you got for this one? So my, my hot take for this one, it is a little conditional, but it's that I think Jonathan Kaminga will get someone fired. So 
with Kaminga, I mean, I see that, you know, he's 18 years old, like just barely 18 years old with, with a wealth of tools. He showed advanced uh, flashes of advanced shot creation, and he probably has a skyscraper's worth of ceiling on defense. But on the other hand, he's like organic granola level raw with which is like he, there's just so much inconsistency in his game and pre- pretty much every aspect of his game, honestly. I mean, he's easily rattled when his first read isn't open his shooting comes and goes and i mean even when it's coming around like he stops the ball on offense he doesn't always he isn't always engaged on defense i think he's two years away from having uh the skills and and polish to be a reliable rotation player and maybe he never flips that switch and his game never grows beyond the occasional highlight um i mean obviously if somebody like, like say sam presti with okc picks him that like he might be able to endure that he should probably be able to endure this one, but you know, like somebody else takes him that that's where I think somebody could run into some trouble. Like, like say he does say that the Cavs get enamored with him and they pick him. Uh, Stop. 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 Exactly. Exactly. No, No, you don't want that mojo. Nothing. What what, what if the rap, I mean, the Raptors, you Simon, you jury. I mean, eh, even that one might get a little bit dicey, but with, with how this whole rebuild goes, but, you know, I mean, the, not every GM is going to be safe enough to be able to pick him. And based on where he goes, I, I think that he could potentially get somebody fired. Kaminga is the perfect example of uh, a guy that's two years away from being two years away. Uh, as, as the old. Yeah. And, and, for, and, and as far as contracts go for rookie contracts, that means basically you're not going to even know what you have in him until the end of his rookie deal. And, and if, <laughs> if you're a GM, like if you're the magic's GM, can you afford to wait that long? Can you wait like four or five years before you see dividends on this guy? And I wouldn't feel comfortable picking him. If the magic draft him or Scotty Barnes, they're just, they're just going for like the world record of how many, like six, nine athletes you can have on a roster. This you know, they possibly could get both of them. They could get Barnes at five and Kaminga at eight. Oh my God. That'd be crazy. Imagine right. the, uh, a, a lineup of that with uh, Barnes is your point. Kaminga, I guess, is your two. Then Jonathan Isaac is your three. Oh my God, this this lineup could get insane. Mo Bamba like, could still be your five. It's like Larry Brown's dream team. Yeah. All right. So uh, my hottest draft take is that Josh Primo is going to have a longer NBA career than Jonathan Kaminga. Um, nice. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to pile on too much with Kaminga because I feel like we've we've already killed him enough on this pod. But um, I, I think Kaminga. Like if, if the, the jumper doesn't come along and if he's, if he's not good with the ball in his hands and needs to play off the ball, I think he's in trouble in a hurry. Um, I think Josh is going to have a pretty long career in the NBA. Uh, just a, a, a smooth shooter gets to his spots, gets to his shots to set up for, for his looks, uh, gets it off pretty cleanly. Um, pretty good decision maker moves well without the ball. Um, I just see him, you know, having a pretty long NBA career. So I don't know if it's more about, I think Josh Primo is going to have a longer career or just that I think Kaminga's is going to be shorter, but uh, that's, that's definitely my, my hottest take. Um, last question. Um, let's talk about some sleepers. Uh, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. I got to swing back to uh Selene's proclamation on the last one though, that uh, Kaminga could get someone fired. He didn't necessarily say an NBA uh, GM or, you know, personnel, uh, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, if he makes an all-star game, maybe uh, Seleni gets fired from the pod. I think maybe, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, rest, I'll rest pretty safely on that one. 
We'll have to make a, a side bet with Kaminga involved. All right, so this last Any McChickens you want to put on that? Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. Jordo, what, what you got for this? <laughs> well, I, I've got two, but I can only talk about one since I, I know Seleni wants to, to hype up this one guy. But I'm going to go with Nehemiah Kata, um, big guy from Utah State. Um, he's put in uh, three solid years there this, this past year, um, put up 15 points, uh, 10 rebounds, three assists, three blocks, and a steal. Um, that's a pretty insane stat line. And when you look at his assist numbers for a big man, like even in his freshman year, he averaged one and a half assists a game. Then he was up to two, his sophomore, and up to three his junior year. Um, I just think that, you know, the big man is going a little bit extinct in the NBA, but at, at seven foot 245, um, he, has, he provides a defensive presence, you know, you're going to be taking him in the second round, you know, if you're getting him honestly, probably in the forties and maybe the fifties. Um, I, I like him to, uh, you know, make a, make a smooth transition to the NBA. Um, he's, he's proven that, um, that he can match up against solid competition. I, I know the MWC mountain West conference that he plays in isn't, you know, it's, it's not the ACC or anything like that, but they've got some pretty good teams there and he's showed pretty well when he's had a chance to play some power conference opponents. Um, I, I just think with, with his size and, and defense um, and he's got a little bit of passing as well. I know, you know, we love Dayron Sharp for his passing. So let's give uh, Nehemiah a little love for that here as well. Um, again, like him to just be a late second round guy who, uh, who makes some noise. Um, I don't know if he ends up, you know, making a ton of noise on on an NBA roster this season, but like my guy, Paul Reed last year, who, went on to be the MVP of the G league. I mean, the Sixers are, are good with his pick at 58. Um, and, you know, he might fit into their plans in the future um, as a small ball five. I, I think Kata um, will definitely find his way into an NBA rotation, you know, as a backup center at the very least, eventually. So Lenny. Yeah. The, the guy that Jordan was alluding to that I, that I want to touch on is uh, Herb Jones, the small forward from Alabama. Um, the key thing for him is going to be his shot. I mean, this past year, he tripled the amount of three points uh, shots that he attempted. And I mean, he shot at 35%, which is yeah pretty solid for, for college, but that being able to translate to, and further develop is going to be key for him uh, sticking in the NBA. Cause like, I mean, you look at his other uh, traits. I mean, he, he is, he, he looks to be like a fantastic glue guy. Um, he's six, six with like a seven foot wingspan. He averaged uh over three assists, uh, almost two steals, and over one block per game. Uh, he shot thirty, like I said, he shot thirty-five percent on his threes this past year. I mean, it's a, it's a promising thing. Like he he could be a really strong wing um, in, in the NBA who can guard positions one through four. He's the SEC Defensive Player of the Year uh, among all the other accolades he got this past year. But I, I think that he he's a sleeper that I haven't seen him uh, mocked in a single first round in any of the mocks that I've looked at but I think that he could be a really good glue guy for some team to snatch up in the second round. Got you. I actually like both the years, which uh, we, we rarely agree on things, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a start there for us. Um, so my, my top guy, I've got, I got a couple, uh, Egypt Oni uh, from Shawnee state, uh, high school, uh, six foot 10 big that just runs the floor, blocks shots, super athlete plays hard. Um, I think he's going to surprise some people and I'm looking forward to seeing all the, uh, NAI fans uh, just retweeting his highlights over and over again throughout the throughout the season. I think he's going to be a UDFA, but 
has a shot of being picked in the second round. Uh, really like Jaquar McLaughlin. Um, salty, mm-hmm. uh, still salty that that upset pick did not work out for me in the first round against Creighton. Uh, almost did. Uh, can create his own shot offensively. Uh, finds guys pretty good. Uh, frame uh, a little slight, a little short, but you know I think he he can be a, a solid uh, backup point guard in the league. Can play combo guard, really either other, um, either guard spot. Um, Santi Aldama, um, loyal big man, um, really good footwork in the paint. Uh, rebound the ball pretty well. Can shoot from uh, the perimeter. I think the shooting is going to be the biggest part. I think he can be a stretch four. And then uh, to to lesser degrees, also like Isaiah Livers and DJ Stewart. Um, Livers just he's one of those guys that doesn't do anything at an elite level, but does a lot of good a lot of things well. Um, I think eventually he's gonna get in through the G League and he'll have uh, he'll spend a couple of years in the NBA being pretty solid. Um, DJ Stewart, just an athlete, uh, gets up and down, can shoot a little bit. Uh, did not have a great year at Duke. I have a great freshman year, um, but I think he can bounce back in the league. So um, I also want to mention some wingspan numbers uh, just from, uh, you know, the, the guys that we spoke about. Um, Moses Moody, uh, plus 8.25 inches. Miles McBride, uh, plus 7.75 inches, uh, which is big because he's 6'1". Uh, Scotty Barnes, plus 8. Uh, Bones Highland, plus 7. And Herb Jones plus six. Uh, so the, some of the guys that we that, that we mentioned earlier on in the pod, um, you know, can bring a little bit more defensively and you know rebounding and stuff like that with that type of wingspan. So, do you have any parting shots of, about the NBA draft coming up on Thursday? I hope you guys weren't doing the uh, Jay Billis wingspan drinking game because uh, Proya just got you pretty bad there in the last minute. <laughs> I'll run it back uh, this weekend and I'll give it a go. Fantastic. All right, let's let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, guys. Tyler? Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, I don't even remember what my Twitter handle is. I don't really use it. <laughs> I, I think it's T at T Selene, S-O-L-L-E-N-N-E. I don't know how I can follow that plug up. Um, you can find me at below underscore LC, B-I-L-O underscore LC. That's uh, Borat's illegitimate brother, in case you're wondering where the origin of below came from. Haven't tweeted much lately. Mostly just lurking, hoping the Jazz can uh, make some moves in this offseason. Got you. And always, uh, you can find me at PR0IA on Twitter and Hoop Threads Pod. Uh, fantastic. Thanks, thanks for coming on, guys.